Welcome to Book Lovers Podcast. I'm Andrea and I'm joined today by Laura hey. and Shana and we are going to talk about diverse reads. So Laura, do you want to take it away and start us off? So you always have a list. Uh, yes, I always come extra, extra prepared. So my first book is called Victories Greater Than Death by Charlie Jane Anders. And I love Charlie Jane's first adult novel, All the Birds in the Sky, which was an award winner, many awards. So I had crazy high expectations about her young adult science fiction debut and Victories Greater Than Death did not disappoint. This book takes the chosen one trope and gives it a twist with a lot of heart. So Tina has known her entire life that she's an alien. She's been hidden away on Earth until it's time for her to lead the fight against interstellar bad guys with the ironic name of the compassion because they're anything but (laughs) in the spirit of ready player one tina leads a group that includes her bff as well as some of the smartest most capable human teens from earth along with a group of aliens determined to defeat the compassion tina discovers that being the chosen one doesn't mean you have all of the answers and it doesn't make you immune to loss or to heartache I will just say, do not read this and expect to not have tears. There are some really, really punch you in the feels moment in this book. But they're amazing and it's awesome. So as with her adult novels, Charlie Jane Anders writes about self-discovery, self-acceptance, and finding the family of your heart. So she has an incredibly inclusive, diverse, non-binary LGBTQ cast of characters. And it's very skillfully done. Good. So and you, said, you said it's adult fiction, right? Uh, this one, Victory's Greater Than Death, is young adult. But young adult, okay. Clearly, as a crusty old adult, I still loved it, and I hope I, that what? nobody lets that deter them from reading. No, it. no, we can read <laughs> any age group. I didn't That's mean right. that. I just didn't know if I. I thought you said young adult, and I thought, well, maybe she just said adult fiction, but based on just the style of the book sounded like young adult but then also you said for fans of um, ready player one which is actually classified as adult Adult, so right yeah well her first few books have been adult so this is her first young adult but gotta reach that greater audience right and the cover is gorgeous i can't wait for people to be able to see it cool thank you for sharing absolutely shana how about you what's on your list well first i just want to say leave it to laura for a diverse picks podcast to have like an alien pick, you know like I was not expecting that but I love it so my first pick is called one to watch by Kate Stamen London yeah it's a good one it's adult fiction it's just a great chiclet and it's full of fun diversity so Bea Shoemaker is a stylish plus-size fashion blogger who is madly and hopelessly in love with her close guy friend, Ray, who shows interest in Bea and then deserts her twice. Oh, and he's also engaged to another woman. It's safe to say that Bea has a big list of followers on Instagram and an even broken heart. Before Bea swears off dating altogether, she gets a call from America's most popular reality TV show, Main Squeeze, and they want Bea to be the show's next star. 25 men will compete to win Bea's heart, but Bea isn't interested in finding love. As a plus-size woman living in a fat-shaming world, she wants to show women of all ages that anybody can find true love no matter their size. As soon as the cameras start rolling and Bea begins to find herself falling for some of these very sweet and very attractive men, 
things get way more complicated than she anticipated. I really love this book. I really enjoy that the main character is plus size. I think the average gene size in America for women is like 14 or 16. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, that's average build. So it was nice to read about a character that you can really relate to in terms of like, you know, sometimes you're rocking it, you're having good days, you love your body, and then some days you're insecure. And so Bea definitely experiences that, especially when she gets on this show, because there's a couple guys, when they see her, they're like, oh, I'm not interested, you know, like she's fat and she's not, she's just plus size. And so there were parts where, cause you know, she has an Instagram blog. And so there were parts where like, I was thinking, you know, you're such a strong woman. Why are you letting these men, their opinion affect you so much? I wanted her to just say to them, you know, screw it. I don't care how I look. So yeah, so she does end up finding true love, but it kind of takes twists and turns. So it was a really good debut by this author. And just even some of the guys that are on the show, they were very diverse. So there were people of different colors, different cultures, and that was fun to see because Bea you know, she, she accepted all of them. And then there was one guy on there who was plus size for a man. And, you know, there's a big deal about it in the book where she's, you know, tells the TV producers, why would you just have one, you know, like that's not as diverse as she thought it would be, but the book was written really interesting. I love how the author did it because she included like tweets or magazine articles or podcast scripts because people talk about this television show so it's kind of like the bachelor but or the bachelorette so it was really really neat and I just I really liked it it's always fun when they do that where they add in the like current moment like I can't think of the book where the girl said similar thing, the blogger, and she goes to, she gets asked to be in her friend's wedding. It's sort of mm-hmm. like, she's the fall guy for it, but there's email exchanges in there that you're reading along. So it moves the story along with those little exchanges. Yeah. It's very trendy too. Like I think, cause you know, social media is a big part of a lot of the world right now. And so it's very, it was very on trend and fun. It made it more fun rather than just chapters. Right. And I guess because long gone are the days that people are calling up each other, these main characters on the phone and having conversations that's pretty much not our reality these days we are texting we're using social media or whatever it is but it's not the telephone right when I thought it was a nice way to show that people were talking about her and the show without actually interacting with her I mean it was nice to give just those little snippets of people's conversations in their chat rooms or their texts with each other without actually having to introduce more characters because it already felt like it was a very large cast of characters. Yeah, especially because, you know, there's 25 men on the show, (laughs) which you don't get to know all 25. And then it it was fun too, especially the tweets, because at Chris Evans would tweet to Bea and would say, you know, he was a big fan of the show, I guess, in this book. And obviously it's fictional, but that was funny because, you know, some of her friends will say like, Chris Evans is into you, you know? And I'm like, ha ha, Captain America. I choose to think that in the real world, Chris Evans would totally be into a show like that because he's just such a nice guy. Captain America wouldn't be mean to anybody. (laughs) Right? I really liked it too, that he was thrown in there because, you know, he is a real celebrity And so that made it feel more like in with the times and trending. And I I don't know, it just made me think to myself, does the author have a secret celebrity crush on Chris Evans? Because, you know, 
of all the actors to pick. I just thought that was funny. That brings up a curious question if the like publisher or the author, they have to get permission to sign off on that. I don't know, because, you know, can you just talk? It is fiction, so you can just say it's fiction, but it includes reference to a real person. Because, you know, what if he wasn't nice to the contestant? What if he was, like, totally different? People are reading that, and then they think, oh. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm not imagining your world. (laughs) No, I know. I I should have gone there. It's kind of like when I'll read, and they won't mention, like, you know, picked up a soda or a pop, but they actually name it, and it makes me think, I guess from having a marketing background, that that's is that product placement that we're seeing and right. reading in these books when they do that kind of stuff or is it just right. really they're a fan of it I don't know those don't are know, the things I think about while I'm reading <laughs> yeah and you know I'm trying to remember I don't know if it was I don't I don't have Twitter I don't know if his Twitter name is actually at Chris Evans maybe in the book she added like an underscore or a number to make it not like his right. true Twitter and I don't know yeah Cool. I didn't think about that. <laughs> I'm with Laura. I was like, oh, Chris Evans. Captain America. Yes. Oh, okay. So that's some good stuff. Yes. Laura, do you have anything else? I do. Well, I'd like to second Shana's recommendation because oh. that was a super fun book. And I, I want her to write another book. I'm like, stop fooling around. <laughs> write the next one. I'm ready for it. Maybe if you tweet her, Laura. Because I hear that authors love when fans make demands. Well, not that, just I loved your book and I'm hungry for more or whatever that is. Maybe she'll hear this podcast and yeah. Maybe. I do tag the authors sometimes and I've gotten them. I don't know if they actually listen to it, but they'll used to respond. That's fun. So I always enjoy that. We are going to take a very sharp turn with this next one. Uh, Combo kind of alternate history fantasy. It's called The Beautiful and the Chosen by Nevo. It's a retelling of The Great Gatsby. After writing critically acclaimed fantasy novellas, The Chosen and The Beautiful is Nevo's debut novel. It's a retelling of The Great Gatsby, which dazzles with its luxuriously louche writing, giving us a 1920s with flappers as well as magical elixirs and infernal bargains. It's told from Jordan Baker's point of view. She was kind of a periphery character in The Great Gatsby. So we get the other slash outsider as narrator for the privileged white world of wealth, where having your lineage known can open or close society's doors. Jordan is Vietnamese. She was adopted as a very small child by a wealthy white missionary and brought back to the United States. So she's grown up with wealth and privilege. And it's interesting because there's scenes in the book where other people are making casually racist comments and she's like, excuse me? And they're like, oh, not you. So we get the extraordinarily outrageous parties, the speakeasies, the cocktails and the decadence of the original story. But now we have added demonic deals and magic. Nevo's writing is luscious, it's decadent, it is heady and effervescent like champagne, but she doesn't just dazzle, she makes you look at class inequality, misogyny, racism, and the wrongs committed because of the protection of wealth and white privilege. So like there's a point where she's figuring out that the woman who adopted her just basically kidnapped her. She had a family and this woman just thought she was super adorable and that she would just take her back home because who doesn't do that with little Vietnamese babies, right? I mean, you see it, you want it, you take it. And you said that she's a wealthy 
missionary or she was on the woman right who adopted her yeah so she's been adopted into a very privileged extraordinarily wealthy family so you don't have to be familiar with the source material so if you haven't read the great gatsby it's not going to change your appreciation of the story because i didn't know about everybody else but high school required reading was many 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 years ago and i still loved this i thought it was did you like did you like The Great Gatsby or you're just saying it's been a long time since you read The Great Gatsby? <sighs> I don't. I'm sorry I'm putting you on the spot. Oh, you are. I didn't hate reading you it. You didn't hate it. But I can't say that it was one of my most favorite things to read. I mean, mm-hmm. spoiled, wealthy people we can't get out of wrong things because of their wealth and their privilege. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a favorite assigned reading right. for me. But I have to say that even knowing how this was going to end, I got very involved with the characters and I wanted it to be very, very, very different. But it was beautiful storytelling and I don't know, but demons, infernal bargains, magical right. elixirs all seem to fit into my vision of the 1920s. It seemed right. very yeah. on point to me. Yeah. Very so, cool. Yes, I loved it. And what's the title and author again? It's called The Beautiful and the Chosen by Ni Vo. That's N-G-H-I. And And I know we'll do show notes, but I just want to throw that in. I have to say, I would have had no idea how to pronounce it, but I was attending a virtual event by the publisher and she wasn't on it, but they did mention her book. And I'm like, oh, thank you for doing that. Now I don't have to look like an an educated idiot. Thank you. Well, it's hard. Just like we were talking about the character in Sheena's book. Until you hear someone say the name in your head, you can call them anything you want or pronounce it any which way. Or, you know, we've. I've had that conversation with people for a lot of us who are readers before we had a bigger vocabulary and you see words yeah. like Penelope and you don't pronounce, you phonetically say that word. Right. And you hear someone say, how you say Penelope and you're like, oh, that's not that's what it. I was saying. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was very disappointed the other day because one of my favorite series that I have binge read is A Court of Thorns and Roses mm-hmm. series by Sarah J. Moss. And the fourth one just came out a couple months ago. And so that's when I found this out. So that's how deep I am. And she's actually got two more on Goodreads. They don't have titles or covers yet or publication dates, but I'm just like, so anyway, one of the characters, it's spelled R-H-Y-S. So when I was reading it, because I didn't listen to the audio, I read that as Rise. I don't, I just, that's how I read it. Well, then I saw something on Instagram a recording of her talking and it's pronounced Reese and I'm like no and so then I got the fourth book and I tried really hard to get my brain it's Reese it's Reese and my brain would not do it like it's rise to me rise not rice rise and I I tried and I was very upset with myself (laughs) isn't that the worst yes I was so mad and then another good series that I read An Ember in the Ashes by Sabah Tahir that's her last name the character her name is spelled Helen H-E-L-E-N-E well I heard it again on something where the author was talking in an interview and it's Helene and I'm like ah, <laughs> I just butchered it I thought it was Helen this whole time and then the one character his name is Elias 
but she pronounced it Elias. I was very upset because I read the whole series in my mind wrong. This is Madeline? the fun of diverse reads is that you are introduced to these these uh, yeah. names and other things. I mean, the fun of reading is learning all this stuff too. So that's true. Don't be so hard on yourself. Don't be hard on yourself. Thank you. Because I mean, we've all read characters wrong. I mean, there's probably characters we continue to read wrong, but because no one, we've never had the opportunity to be on a webinar with the author, the to publisher, hear to hear it. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I think sometimes when they're not made up names, right, you just read it and you think, oh, well, it's this. I mean, how many of us thought that it was Hermione and not Hermione until we actually heard somebody (laughs) say it, right? Because I know that there was an actress back in the, I want to say the 40s or the 50s, but sorry, not my generation. I had no idea that that's how you said that. And I was a Penelope, not a Penelope reader (laughs) too. So I get that. Yeah. It happens. Yeah, it does. Well, and who cares? I mean, was yeah. I an accidental tourist by Ann Tyler when, like, the whole family had mispronounced, misled as mizzled? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they were all very shocked to find out. That's <laughs> right. So, it does happen. But, it, you know, while we're talking about diverse reasons, and you... It, you and I just said diverse, but other people would say diverse. So it's just how you, you pronounce it. But um, yeah, but how you meet people, because my name's Andrea, but people will call me Andrea, Andrea, other name, you know, it's, mm-hmm. and it depends on their background and how they pronounce that spelling. So, so next up, Shana, do you have something else on your list to share with us? Yes, this one is probably one of my favorite books right now, because I read a lot, so my favorite books change. It is very new. It was just recently published. It's also available as an audiobook on Hoopla, an ebook, and on Overdrive and Libby. So, which that's how I listened to it was I listened to the audiobook on Hoopla, so it doesn't have any holds. So it is One Last Stop by Casey McQuiston, which Laura just, Laura read this one too. So yeah, it's, it's just full of the wildest characters and just magic and like the impossible becoming possible and love and just quirkiness. And I just loved every second of it. So let me start with the summary. August doesn't believe in much. She doesn't believe in psychics or easily forged friendships or finding the kind of love they make movies about. And she certainly doesn't believe that her new job at a 24-hour pancake diner in New York City or her daily boring subway commute will change that. But then she meets Jane. Beautiful, impossible Jane. All hard edges with a soft smile and swoopy hair, rocking a leather jacket, ripped jeans, and bright red converse. Jane, the person August looks forward to seeing on the train every day. Jane, the person August finds herself opening up to. Jane, the person August starts to have a huge crush on. After spending more time with Jane, only on the subway, August begins to realize some peculiar things about her. She is always wearing the same outfit. She isn't familiar with any current music, and the only music she does listen to are popular songs from the 70s. She never agrees to hang out with August off of the subway. In fact, she seems displaced on the subway. Well, that is because she is. Somehow Jane is lost in time from the 1970s and trapped on the subway. August makes it her mission to help Jane escape this endless subway time loop that Jane is trapped in. But she starts to fall for Jane during the process. 
So. Love it. Okay. It's on my reading list because I loved Red, White. And white and- I was yeah. like, let me get the yes. title right. So <laughs> Red, White, and Royal Blue is Casey McQuiston's debut, I believe, her first novel. And it is about Alex and Henry. So Alex is the son of the president of the United States of America, which is a woman. So that's kind of cool. And then Henry is the prince of, is it England? Oh, because Henry was very much modeled on, yeah. Yeah, he's from the royal family. Yeah, it's very much a little fanfic. Yeah, yes. And so Alex and Henry, they're like enemies and they go to the royal wedding and Alex gets really drunk and confronts Henry because in reality Alex likes Henry he doesn't know he likes him yet and it's kind of interesting because Alex figures out throughout the book that he's bisexual so he likes Henry and you know Henry's a prince so he's all proper and he's like leave me alone well they end up falling and crashing into the royal wedding cake and so then the president and you know the royal family they're like oh my gosh this is bad for the press they think the two countries hate each other so they're like you're gonna pretend to be bffs and that's how they fall in love in a nutshell wow enemies to lovers forced proximity go down with the wedding cake who doesn't love that but i think that is one of my favorite books that year such a heartwarming beautiful story and there's a lot of funny stuff in it yeah because they're young they're like in their early 20s so they're still kind of in that like silly not truly adulting yet especially because of their family you know their backgrounds and they're wealthy and so I really like that one because they kind of fall in love over their email they write like poems to each other so because they're so far away but then there were parts where like you know Alex is like I'm on a plane I'm coming like they couldn't stand to be apart from each other and it was just so sweet yes back to one last stop now that we've given you're getting a two for one here yeah Um, so then what a fun and the and the the fun concept of this book that she's trapped in the 70s on the subway yeah so Jane is she's she's queer and it was interesting to read about you know someone who is queer from the 1970s and she doesn't know that it's you know the future she doesn't realize she's trapped in time until she meets August so August is also queer and she's like the puzzle piece in this whole time loop subway trapping for Jane so other people don't see Jane unless August is there so like if August tells her friends yeah she's the girl in the leather jacket on the subway and they go there by themselves they're like we didn't see her you know and August is like no she's there so then when August goes with them to see Jane then they do see her so for some reason August is like her connection and you find out why there's all these little details like the 24-hour pancake diner that August works at Jane used to work there back in the 70s it was just really cool to read about it because Jane being gay from the seventies, she, when her and August like share a kiss and someone just looks over, she's immediately like very defensive. And August is like, it's okay. This is okay now. You know, that was kind of heartwarming to see, but also a little sad, but I liked it because that community, they kind of paved the way for the LGBTQ plus community, I think. So I think the author sure, shined a light on that. I think you know that part about the friends not seeing her until she's with someone else is that people don't feel seen right so they've been in our society and they have something that makes them different and they don't feel seen by other people and that happens 
gosh, you, you know, whatever that is, it's the color of your skin, it's your sexual orientation, it's something else. And that the, the author can use that to weave that into fiction and present that to us and have us think about it in a different way. Well, in Jane's multiple ways unseen, she's a queer woman, but she's also Asian American. Ah. So I think there's that part of not being seen. And it was because there's parts where she's talking to August and remembering going to some of the riots and the protests. Mm -hmm. And not only was she dealing with society, thinking she was not okay, but her family too. Her family. Mm -hmm. So it's not just people you don't know not accepting you, but the people who are supposed to be there for you and love you the most are not accepting who you are. So. Yeah, but I do have to say it has a happy ending. It does have a happy ending. And talking about the, like, you know, people not accepting, it's, it, it was really nice to see Jane fall in love with August because August, you know, she moves to New York City alone. And she ends up getting these roommates and they're all just so wild and chaotic and quirky. One of them's a psychic. The other one went to school for like electrical engineering, but that's not her job. Like they're just very eclectic, but they're very supportive of August. And they believe her 100% when she's like, I think she's stuck in time on the subway. And they're like, let's investigate this. Like they don't even question like, you're crazy, you know? And so I, I think that was nice to see too, like, especially because, August is 23, I think the book said. So that's young. And, you know, it's nice to have a support system behind you, especially if you are a queer woman like August and Jane. And so Jane sees that with August and her friends, and it just makes her fall in love with August even more, I think. And so it was just really sweet. I don't want to give anything away, but this book, it just felt very warm and it just made like confetti burst in my veins, I guess. Like it was just like magical. And the whole time I was reading it, I was just like in a trance. I was like, oh my God, you know, so definitely, definitely check it out. Definitely read Casey. McQuiston. She's a good one. Definitely. I was going to say, she's one to keep an eye out for what she's putting out is good stuff. So She could have just done another version of Red, White, and Royal Blue because it was on all kinds of best of lists. Yes. It was on the bestseller list, lots of critical acclaim. And the fact that she chose to go in a completely different direction. I mean, it's even hard to describe it. It's like, oh, it's a queer romance, yeah. but it's got a little science fiction, that supernatural element. travel. Yeah. You know. And it's, it's a good time travel. Like I've, I've read books before where they have time travel and I didn't even finish them because I got so confused. Like, I think when people hear time travel, they're like, oh gosh, you know, that's confusing or frustrating, but this, it's not like that. It's not like that at all. So. No, it's delightful. Very heartwarming. I love the found family. I mean, that's one of my favorite tropes anyway, but I think this is so great. And August's family is just a delight. That party scene on the subway yeah. is just so heartwarming. Yes. And every party's better with drag queens and glitter is all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. Well, it could have been glitter in your veins, but Shana had confetti in her veins. I know. So either way, it's a great, it's a great (laughs) feeling. (laughs) All right. Well, like I said earlier, we will have show notes on the website and you can get the authors and titles that Laura and Shana have shared with us today. And that is it for this edition of the Book Lovers Podcast. Check out the website, claremontlibrary.org.